Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And so that's why Jesus said hard truth because the people were following blind shepherds now it's one thing to go to the the york minster and get line and there's a blind guy that's going to take me on a tour wasted time for the whole day it's something very different for you to be following a spiritual leader who's leading you to hell there were times that jesus said some hard things Sometimes his teaching was very direct. He wasn't afraid to talk about the difficult subjects of sin and hell. In today's message, we learn from Pastor Mark that the reason Jesus had to teach so direct and hard at times was because he was talking to people who had a propensity to follow blind guides. There was no shortage of religious leaders in Jesus' day, and the implications of following them was enormous. Following them or following Jesus meant either heaven or hell. Who are you following today? Always beware of blind guides. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message entitled, Danger, Blind Guides. And the Jewish tradition taught that what goes in a mouth does make a man unclean. You can't eat shrimp, you can't eat pork, you can't do this, you can't do that. And Jesus says, what goes into the mouth doesn't make a man unclean. Now think about that. You have generations of people going, what? What was Jesus saying? What Jesus is really saying is this. Listen, all foods are okay. See, to us, that's not revolutionary. To them, it was huge. You know, Peter wouldn't get that until Acts chapter 10. He's listening, but he doesn't really get it because traditions are really hard to break. So he's going, what? Jesus was saying the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the scribes was what was defiling. It was what was coming out of their heart, not what was going in. Now, I want you to hold your finger right there quickly and turn back to the book of Romans. Just a few books back. The book of Romans, chapter 14. And I want you to highlight this in your Bible. Many times I get emails or people stop me or they'll call me or whatever, and and they'll say something like this. I have a friend... They came to our church, or they know about our church, and they say we're doing things all wrong in this church, and that we're worshiping, we're worshiping on the wrong day, we're not worshiping on the Sabbath, we're, can you, man, you got caffeine in your place, caffeine? And they're well-meaning, and they have come from teaching that's traditional, 
So when people come to you with their ideas of how the Bible teaches, take a look at this verse. It's powerful. 14, Romans 14, verse 17. Notice what it says. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Now, if you don't want to have caffeine, if you can't stand shrimp or lobster, or you would never put the white meat pork in your mouth, and you want to be a tofu junkie all your life, that's cool with me. I have no problem. I like tofu. In fact, I use lobster fry and Chinese stuff. That's fine. But don't take your stuff and put it on me. Because the kingdom of God is not about food and drink. That's all external. It's not about that. But what is it about? It's things that are internal. Righteousness, being right with God, peace and joy. You see, if you're legalistic, there is no joy. Because you're always looking. What do you have? What she eat? What happened? Wrong day. What, what, what version of the Bible? Oh, dip, 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 dip. And you become, you've heard me say it many times before, you become a, a sin sniffer. And nobody wants to be around a sin sniffer. Nobody. So Jesus says, get over it. Do we, did you get it? This is what Jesus is talking about. Easy for us to do today because we don't have this background. Tough for them to do. So here's what you want to write. Religious tradition is external. But God's truth is internal. It's all about the heart. You see, religious tradition or man's ideas, we always have these rules and regulations and this external stuff, but God's truth is about our hearts. Now, back to Matthew chapter 15. Scoot down to verse 12. So after Jesus calls this religious leaders hypocrites, notice what the disciples do. The disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And Jesus said, no, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> sure they did. Here's something I want you to write. This is hard. Biblical truth often offends. Biblical truth often offends. Jesus was going to talk about truth. No doubt as I teach, there are times that I teach that the truth offends you. My goal is not to be harsh. My goal is not to be critical. My goal, as Ephesians 4.15 says, is to speak the truth in love. If you're a confrontational person, you have a little bit of the prophet in you, and you want to be negative and critical and always slamming people or whatever, that's not really biblical. You understand that Ephesians says we're to speak the truth in love. Because we're not trying to turn people off. We're trying to bring them to the Lord. But we have to speak the truth in love. We have to speak the truth. Our world today is Bible light. People, many, many churches will never mention the word sin or hell or living together. It's nothing but a positive promotion. Now, I like it because I'm built up. But guys, Jesus says to the religious leaders, what? You're a hypocrite. You won't find it very often on TV. Now, when truth offends us, why does it offend us? Because I'm guilty. When I just said to you a few moments ago, get over it. 
some of you down inside said, who do you think you are telling me to get over it? And that's because you need to get over it. When God speaks, we listen and we step. That's the truth of the word of God. I just opened the Christianity Today, and sometimes I enjoy the magazine, sometimes it's not much to me, but I had a great article, and the head article said this, whatever happened to the idea of rescuing people from hell? Let me give you a quote. We emphasize the glory of God whom we love almost to the exclusion of the uncomfortable truths about the lostness of the lost. You see, if we're not careful, we will pick and choose as we go through and never confront people with uncomfortable subjects that the Bible speaks clearly about. If we do that, we are diluting the truth of God's word and actually causing people to follow blind leaders. Let me explain as Jesus moves along. So we cannot circumvent, dilute, ignore the difficult things of the word. Verse 13, he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. What does that mean? Jesus says, they're not really of us. It's back to the tares and the wheat. They, they think, these religious guides think they're representing God. They're not representing God. He says, leave them. What it really means is, have nothing to do with them. This is very important. Because I see this, I even see this in Calvary chapels, and I hate it. Because I can see it in myself. And I, I try not to do this. See, what I think what Jesus is saying is, I'm not going to talk anymore about them. I'm going to tell you how to do it right. So here's what I want to share with you this morning. We need to be known what we're for more than what we're against. Certainly we're against some things, but you want to be known what you're for. Love and the word of God and the power of God and change lives. So Jesus says, hey, leave them alone. Why should we leave them alone? Notice what he says, verse 14. They are blind guides. That's an oxymoron. Blind guides. A guide is somebody who leads or directs another one on a course. And he says they're blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Let me give you four principles. You don't need to write them down. Don't write them down. You won't have time. Four principles. Four principles. Easy to see. First of all, every person is born spiritually blind. You're born blind. I'm born blind. Ephesians 2 tells us that. Second, notice that Jesus said the blind leaders lead the blind. Every person is created, uh, God designed people to be a follower, your follower. We're the sheep, the sheep of his pasture. Sheep are followers. So Jesus said, these religious leaders, they're a leader, they have followers. You're a follower today, I'm a follower. Number three, understand that God in his wisdom gifted some people to be spiritual leaders, to lead his people after him, Ephesians 4. Here's the key, though. Real spiritual leaders or guides are first themselves followers of Jesus and the Bible. So I'm born spiritually blind. I can't find my way to God. I'm a follower. I'm looking for truth. The blind lead the blind, and they both fall into the pit. 
And as you see that happening in our lives, then what God's really saying to us is be careful who you're following. Just be careful who you're following. I'll define that more in a moment. Look at this again. What Jesus is saying is, we know from Romans chapter 2 that the Pharisees thought they were fit to be spiritual guides. They thought they knew the way to God. They thought they had, with their Mishnah and all that wisdom, they knew exactly how to get to God. But what did Jesus say about them? They were very religious. They were very wise in lots of the scripture. But he said, you're blind guides. And you're leading all the Jewish people to a pit. Let me tell you, what do you think the pit was? It's a spiritual picture of hell. And so that's why Jesus said hard truth. Because the people were following blind shepherds. Now it's one thing to go to the, the York Minster and get line and there's a blind guy that's going to take me on a tour. Wasted time for the whole day. It's something very different for you to be following a spiritual leader who's leading you to hell. That's where we are today, guys. Let me give you four things I do want you to write as we come to a close. Four life lessons. Number one, if you're a Christian today, you can feel confident as we follow Jesus and his word. When I lay down at night, I have absolute no fear of my destiny. How about you? I know where I'm going because of the truth of this word. If I'm born again, I'll never, ever miss God. That's the truth. He who began a good work in me is going to finish it. Nothing will separate me from the love of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. That's truth. It's not relative truth. It's absolute truth. Number two, as a Christian, make sure... Make sure you're really following Jesus 24-7. See, these people that get all upset about worshiping God on Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Friday or whatever, they miss the whole point. In Colossians, Paul says this, don't let anybody make fun of you on the day you worship. Why? Because we are to worship God 24-7. It's a lifestyle. It's an event. It changed our lives. Number three, make sure you are obeying the Bible from your heart. All of us can begin serving for the wrong reasons. Serve God and do it from your heart. And last, this is big. Since we're followers, you want to make sure that you find and follow pastors. Notice the plural. Pastors who are following Jesus and teaching the Bible is all true. Every pastor is a human. We fail. I fail. My goal is never to lead anyone to hell. My goal is to lead people to heaven. As long as I obey God's word and I'm following Jesus, you're safe listening to me. I have accountability. Well, then Pete, you know, Pete, he's always opening it up. Look at Pete in verse 15. Pete says, duh. He says, would you explain the parable to us? Why does he say that? Because he's going, this can't be. 
What? This is impossible. I wasn't taught this is exactly the opposite of what I was always taught. Well, Jesus, look how he responds. I'm glad I wasn't there. Are you so dull? What is he really saying? Today we'd say this. Duh. Are you dumb? And what it really means, are you without understanding? Remember, Jesus just before said, listen and understand. And Pete goes, I don't get it. I like Pete because sometimes I don't get it either. How about you? Notice what Jesus says. Don't you see that one enters the mouth, goes into the stomach, and then out of the body? Jesus isn't surprised. He just says, hey, wait, wait. Traditions are hard to break. They're ingrained in us. Jesus says, food doesn't defile. It just goes through you. It's not about the external things. Well, Peter's saying, if it's not about the external thing, what does defile me? Verse 18, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. Jesus says, the problem has always been the heart of man. Our center of our mind and our will and emotions, the control center where everything, all the decisions of life are made, it's here. It's not the physical heart, it's the spiritual heart. Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, he knew that. Notice what he says, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. And then Jesus reminds the disciples, a heart that hasn't been changed, what comes out of it? Look at verse 19 and 20. For out of the heart come evil thoughts and murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands doesn't make a man unclean. You see, it was God's truth against the tradition of religion. Jesus ends it by saying, Ah, the disciples, you were said to be unclean. It's not that. It's what comes out of the heart. You see, how can we clean up our hearts? We can't. Do you know that religion, religion, I hate religion. Religion is about cleaning up your heart and your life. It's about doing good, taking communion. It's about giving tithes. It's about becoming a member of a church. It's about being water baptized. No, those things are fine. But they don't clean up the heart. That's why Jesus came. Jesus is really saying there, I came to the earth as light. Remember, John, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So what Jesus is going to say is quit following blind guides. Kids, students, if you're watching and feeding your mind on MTV, the blind are leading the blind. If this afternoon, adults, you head off to R-rated, X-rated, half of them, PG-13 movies and whatever, and you feed your mind on it, you go to a gambling place, you go to get drunk, the blind are leading the blind. See, we become who we hang around with and what we read. We don't talk about all that stuff, but we're just sitting there, garbage in, garbage out. Be careful. We know what can come out of our minds. Every single one of us knows what can come out of our minds. And without God, it's pretty ugly. You know it, and so do I. Let me share with you the tremendous contrast between the Word of God and the ideas of man on how to get to God. 
Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. Sin is simply defined in there. Here's what sin is. God says, do this. And we say, no, we'll follow our own path. That's what Adam and Eve did. In the garden, God said, don't touch the fruit. No, we'll do our thing. That was sin. It put them on the path to destruction forever. You and I have that nature. Some of you today used to follow God, but you've walked away from him. The blind are following the blind. And if you're not careful, you'll end up where you don't want to end up. Look at what he says in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to the pit. It leads to death. Oh, I think my way's right. Is it in here? If it isn't in here, it's not right. This is the right way. There's a group of churches today all across the United States. I won't go into it in depth, but they're called the emerging churches. And they're mostly in the Protestant realm. And they're very sharp people. They have a lot of long people of now. It's another wave of junk that's going through our churches. And it's begun to change people. And they think they're very wise. And they've begun tampering with the word of God. And the main key is this verse. Many of the emerging churches today say there are many ways to God. See, it's not politically correct to say there's only one way to God. But I want to tell you today, God's word is all true. And Jesus quoted this. He said this. I am the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father through me. You will never hear from this pulpit while I'm alive anything other than that verse, because there is no other way to God. Now, you can be out there today and say, I have another way. That's fine. Let me say this to you kindly. There is a way that seems right to you, but you will end in death and hell. Why? Because you have substituted, circumvented, made of no effect, nullified the truth of God's word by your own wisdom, which God calls foolishness. Well, what do I do? One thing. Every person must be born again. John 3.3, Jesus said, you must be born again. Again, there's no exceptions. There's no way around it. I can't get a, I need a heart transplant. I need a heart transplant. How do I get it? I ask God, God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I receive you. In fact, the Bible says he's at the door of your heart. It's all about your heart right now. And if you'll invite him in, he'll change your life forever. You'll have your sins forgiven. You'll be guaranteed you're going to heaven. And what you know from the Bible, you can relax. You can follow Jesus in his strength, in his power. There was no shortage of religious leaders in Jesus' day, and Israel seemed all too ready to follow them. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark explained the motive behind some of Jesus' hard sayings. With a people who had a propensity to follow blind guides, Jesus was forced at times to speak very directly on some difficult subjects. But he knew eternity hung in the balance. Do you? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. God had a tremendous plan for the people of Israel in His plan of salvation. They were to be a light in the world, in the sense that it was through them that God was going to bring the Savior of the world. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark traces Israel's history in the plan of God up to Jesus' day. But he'll show how Jesus blessed a Gentile woman for her faith, while Israel rejected her Messiah. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.